Shavua Tov, and welcome to TanakhStudy.com. This is Shani Tarragon, and today we're going to begin Parashat Shmini, day 8, following the 7-day Miluim ceremony that we discussed last week at the end of Parashat Sav. But before we continue with the Psukim at the beginning of the Parashat that detail the Karbanot of day 8, we're going to review once again the details of chapter 8 from last week, noting what is special about the Shabbat Yemei and as we mentioned, the strange context in which both these seven days and day eight are going to appear. For after all, Moshe was told to inaugurate the Kohanim together with the Kelim of the Mishkan at the end of Sefer Shemot. And yet we find that he waits to do so until called upon by Hashem and Sefer Vayikra. And this, as we discuss, is in order for us to appreciate so far two functions of the Mishkan. Stage number one, mentioned in Parshat Trumah, Beno'adati Lachashem to create a microcosm of Mamad Harsinai to assure a continued revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to B'nai Yisrael. Stage number two, Parshat Tzaveh, beginning and ending respectively with the Ner Tamid and the Karban Tamid, showing us that the challenge is to keep HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our midst and have a perpetual revelation and relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu as maintained primarily not only through lighting a Ner and through bringing a Karban, but also through the maintenance crew through the Kohanim, or the Kohen Gadol in particular, who will carry around on the stones of the Choshen and the Ephod the names of Am Yisrael, Lifnei Hashem Tamid. But this dynamic function of the Mishkan, executed through the Kohanim, is only going to begin in Sefer Vayikra, where Moshe will continue with the inauguration process by anointing the Kohanim, together with the Mizbeach, showing how both of them are going to be essential for the continuation of the revelation of the Shekhinah. But the question still remains. Why not begin Sefer Vayikra with the Shivati Mehamiluim and Yom Hashmini? Why did we need the seven preceding chapters of Parshiot Vayikra and Sav teaching us about the laws of Karbanot before we saw the continuation chronologically of the inauguration of the Mishkan? The answer lies in the term Vayikra. Moshe understands that this same word that was used as he was called to Sinai is meant to teach B'nai Yisrael that the function of the Mishkan is not as was by various pagan temples, just for the priests of the temples, but rather Adam Kiakriv, the only way that Am Yisrael are going to merit a continued revelation of God and relationship through the Mishkan is if Adam Kiakriv, if every person voluntarily and at times in an obligatory manner come to the Mishkan to engage with Hashem. Only at that point can Moshe then continue with the anointment with the inauguration of the Kohanim, who will serve as the dynamic vehicles, the media, literally the Kelim, through which this relationship with Hashem and B'nai Yisrael will be maintained. This is underscored through the juxtaposition of the Karban Shlamim with the Miluim. As we've seen, the laws of giving the Kohen the Chazah and the Shok are really a continuation of what began with Moshe sacrificing the Shlamim at the time of Shabbatim Mehamiluim, serving as the Kohen who receives the Chazeh, but not yet the Shok because he's not really a Kohen. He will supervise the Avodah, teach the priests how to continue worshiping, but the Shok will be reserved for Aaron and his children. As we review once again the details in chapter 8 of Sefer Vayikra, we note how there is something special about the Mizbeach and the Kohanim. They are the central characters, so to speak, of the Parshia. Even though the sprinkling of the Shemen HaMeshcha was sufficient to sanctify the Mishkan and its vessels at the end of Sefer Shemot, the Mizbeach and the Kohanim required an additional procedure. Furthermore, unlike the other vessels, the Mizbeach was anointed seven times. To understand why this procedure was necessary, 
We note the milah mancha of the previous parsha, the word lekadesh. Note the Torah's use of the word lekadesh in Vayikra, Perakhet, verses 10 through 12, again verse 15, verses 30, 34, 35, reminding us of Sefer Shemot, Perakhavtet, where we heard initially about the sanctification of the Kohanim. Clearly, the purpose of these seven days was to sanctify lekadesh, the Mishkan. The Hebrew word lekadesh means to set aside or to designate. We're going to see a further elaboration of this in this week's parshia. But for example, in Breshit chapter 2, God sets aside the seventh day, Vayikadeshoto, to make it special. Or in Shmod Parakugimel, Kadeshli Kolbachor, set aside for me every firstborn. Similarly, God, the source of Kedusha, is set aside. He's divine, He's above all. The purpose of the Miluim ceremony was to designate, to sanctify the Mishkan and its vessels for a defined purpose. However, the Mizbech and the Kohanim require a little extra sanctification. Not only will the Hakdasha have to be repeated for seven days, but there's also a requirement for an eighth day, an idea that has not appeared in Parshat Tzaveh nor at the end of Sefer Shemot. As a matter of fact, our sense was from the end of Parshat Tzaveh that as soon as the Kohanim are sanctified over the course of seven days, they may already begin to serve as the maintenance crew in the Mishkan. Why in this week's Parsha do we find that they can't be activated until there is an eighth day? So we begin with the number seven. Why must the Hakdasha be repeated for seven days? Whenever we find the number seven in the Torah, it invariably returns us to the initial terminology of seven days, the story of Riyat Ulam, the creation of nature in seven days. God's very first act of Kedusha was to set aside the seventh day to mark his completion of the creation process. By resting on this day, man is constantly reminded of the divine purpose of his creation. The Kedusha of Shabbat reflects this divine purpose. Similarly, any procedure that includes the number seven, be it seven times, seven days, seven weeks, seven years, as you think particularly of Svirata Omer and the years of Shemitah Yovel, charge man with the requirement to recognize the purpose of his creation. By repeating this procedure of Kedushat HaMizbech B'Kohanim for seven days, the purpose of the Mizbech is to become a vehicle through which man can come closer to Hashem. That is why the seven-day Miluim ceremony appears twice in the Torah. First in Sefer Shemot, where the Miluim service infuses the Mishkan and the Kelim with the necessary Kedusha and becomes an integral stage of the Mishkan's construction. That is why the initial commandment of Shabbat Yemeha Miluim is included in the Parshiot of Truman Tetzaveh in the context of all the commandments to build the Mishkan. In Sefer Vayikra, it initiates the use of the Mizbeach, the primary dynamic function of the Mishkan. The Karbanot offered during the Miluim represent the basic categories of sacrifices that will be brought by man on the Mizbeach. Just as we learned last week, the Chatat will be an expression of the Karbanot Chova that man will bring, the Ola, representative of the Korban Nedava, and the El Miluim, the prototype for the Korban Shlamim. Therefore, the Karbanot of Shabbat Yimeham are juxtaposed immediately to the laws of Karbanot. In contrast to the Karbanot of the seven-day Miluim, the commandment to offer the special Karbanot of Yom HaShmini are never mentioned beforehand, not even in Parshiot Truma and Tzitzavit. Perhaps, as we continue to ask this question, we are going to take a look at the Psukim relating the details of the Karbanot brought on day number eight and see what the significance of this eighth day is and why it wasn't mentioned beforehand.
ויקרא פרק ט' ויהי ביום השמיני קרא משה לאהרון ולבניו ולזקני ישראל. And on the eighth day, Moshe called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. Vayomer al Aaron, kach lacha, egel ben bakar lachatat, vayel laolat mimim, vahakrev lefnei Adonai. And he said to Aaron, take a calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering without any blemish and offer them before Hashem. Vayel benei Yisrael tadaver lemor, kachu siiri zim lachatat, veegel bekeves benei shanat mimim laola. And to the children of Israel, tell them, Take a, a male goat for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both a year old, without any blemish, for an ola, a burnt offering. V'shor v'ayil l'shlamim l'sboch l'fnei Adonai, o'mincha b'lula b'shamen, ki hayom Adonai nera alichem. And an ox and a ram for peace offerings, to sacrifice before Hashem, and a meal offering that will be mixed with oil. For today, Hashem will appear to you. Note how this term appears for the first time since Mamad Harsinai. We have not experienced the revelation of God since then. As a matter of fact, there was a notorious event immediately after Mamad Harsinai, namely that of Chita Egel. So how will the people merit the re-revelation of the Shekhinah? Pasuk hei, Vayichu et asher tziva Moshe el p'nei o'el mo'ed, Vayikrivu kol ha'ida, Vayamdu l'fnei Adonai. And they brought that which Moshe commanded before Ohel Moed, and all the congregation drew near and stood before Hashem. Vayomar Moshe, Zeh ha-davar shertiva Adonai tasu, v'yera alechem kvod Adonai. And Moshe said, This is what Hashem has commanded you to do, that the glory of Hashem may appear unto you. Pasuk Zayin, Vayomar Moshe l'Aharon, Kra ve'lamizbeach, v'aseh et chatatcha, v'et olatacha, v'chaper ba'atcha, u'va'ad ha'am. ועשה את קרבן העם, וכפר באדם כאשר ציווה אדוני. And Moshe said to Aaron, draw near to the altar, and offer your sin offering and your burnt offering, and achieve atonement for yourself and for the people, and present the offering of the people, and achieve atonement for them, as Hashem has commanded. ויקרב אהרון אל המזבח, וישחט את עגל החטאת אשר לו. And Aaron drew near to the altar, and slaughtered the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. ויקריבו בני אהרון את הדם אליו, ויצבו על אצבעו בדם, ויתן על קרנות המזבח, ואת הדם יצק אל יסוד המזבח. And the sons of Aaron presented the blood to him, and he dipped his finger in the blood, and put it upon the horns of the altar, and poured out the remainder of the blood at the base of the altar. ותחיל לבית הכליות, ותיותרת מן הכבד מן החטאת הקטיר המזבחה, כאשר ציווה אדוני את משה. But the fat and the kidneys and the lobe of the liver of the sin offering, he placed a smoke upon the altar as Hashem had commanded Moshe. Bet ha-basar, bet ha-or, saraf ba-ish mi-chutz la-machaneh. And the flesh and the skin were burnt with a fire outside of the camp. Vayishchat et ha-ola, vayimsiyu b'nei Aaron elav et ha-dam, vayizrukehu al-mizbeach saviv. And he slaughtered the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons brought him the blood, and he dashed it against the altar round about. ואת העולה המציאו אליו לנתחיה, ואת הראש, ויקטר על המזבח. And they delivered the burnt offering to him piece by piece, and the head, and he placed them as smoke upon the altar. וירחת את הקרב ואת הקרעיים, ויקטר על העולה המזבחה, and he washed the innards and the legs, and placed them as smoke upon the עולה, upon the burnt offering, on the מזבח. ויקריב את קרבן העם, ויקח את ציר החטאת אשר לעם, וישחטהו ויחטהו כראשון. And he took the people's offering, the goat for the sin offering on behalf of Am Yisrael, and he slaughtered it and offered it as a karban chatat, just as the first one. Vayakriv et ha'ola, vayaseh ha'kamishpat. And then the ola, the burnt offering of the people, was presented, and he offered it according to the law. 
ויקריב את המנחה, וימלא כפו ממנה, ויקטר על המזבח, מלבד עולת הבוקר. And then a meal offering was presented, and he filled his hand from it, and made it a smoke upon the mizbeach, besides the burnt offering from the morning. וישחט את השור ואת העיל, זבח השלמים אשר לעם, וימציאו בני אהרון את הדם אליו, ויזרקהו על המזבח סביב. And then he slew the ox and the ram, the sacrifices of the shlamim, which was on behalf of the people, and Aaron's sons brought him the blood, and he dashed it against the altar all around. בית החלבים מן השור ומן העיל, העלייה והמחסה והכליות ויותרת הכבד. And the fat of the ox and the ram, and the fat of the tail, that which covered the innards and the kidneys and the lobe of the liver, וישימו את החלבים על החזות, ויקטר החלבים המזבחה, and they put the fat upon the breast, and made them a smoke upon the מזבח. ואת החזות ואת שוק הימין הניף אהרון תנופה לפני אדוני כאשר ציווה משה. But the breast and the right thigh, that Aaron waved as a wave offering before Hashem, as Moshe had commanded. On Yom Hashmini, the day following the completion of the seven-day Miluim, the Mishkan becomes fully functional. Furthermore, on this day, Aaron and his sons officiate for the first time. Thus, a special inaugural ceremony is necessary, which will be quite different than the seven-day Miluim, wherein Moshe was the one presiding over the Korbanot. On this day, we find a commandment to offer a special set of korbanot, whose purpose is stated explicitly, this is what Hashem has commanded you to do in order that the presence of Hashem, the Kvod Hashem, may appear to you. Now we can appreciate the significance of why Yom Hashmini appears only in Sefer Vayikra, although it was not mentioned in Sefer Shemot. Recall that due to the sins of Chet Egel, Hashem had taken away his Shekhinah from the camp of Bnei Yisrael, the very same Shekhinah that Bnei Yisrael had witnessed at Ma'amad Har Sinai. Moshe had taken his tent, pitched it outside of the camp, far away from the camp, and called it Oel Moed. Anyone who sought Hashem would have to go to the Oel Moed outside of the camp. When Moshe ascended Har Sinai to receive the second Luchot, God promised him that his Shekhinah would indeed return to Am Yisrael. However, it was first necessary for Bnei Yisrael to build the Mishkan to facilitate its return. Both according to Rashi and according to the Ramban, the construction of the Mishkan was necessary in order to restore the revelation that Bnei Yisrael had experienced by Ma'amad Harsinai. But post-Chet Egel, it's not sufficient to construct the Mishkan. But rather, the special Karbanot of Yom Hashmini are necessary to facilitate the return of the Shekhinah. For today, Hashem's glory will appear to you. Therefore, the special karbanot offered during the ceremony serve a double purpose, reflecting this background. Firstly, they must atone for the sins of Chet Egel. That's why we heard the term of Lechaper, Kapara. Secondly, they must recreate the experience of Mamad Harsinai to ensure that the glory of Hashem appear. And this is precisely what we found in the Psukim, Due to Chet Egel, firstly Aaron, who was a primary participant in Chet Egel, must bring a chatat and an ola, but not the classic par chatat brought by a kohen, but rather an egel, reminiscent of chet egel. B'nai Yisrael must also bring a chatat and an ola, take a seir for a chatat and an egel and a keves for an ola. Those stages and respective karbanot are necessary before fulfilling the second goal, namely to recreate Ma'amad Harsinai. B'nai Yisrael must therefore also offer our korban shlamim together with their olot, just as they had offered when Hashem appeared unto them during Ma'amad Harsinai, and a shor, and an ayol for a shlamim to offer before Hashem, and a mencha for today Hashem will appear to you. This parallel emphasizes once again the purpose of the Mishkan as a perpetuation of revelation of Harsinai. 
Although the special karbanot of Yom Hashmini were a one-time event, we're going to note in a few chapters how this similar set of karbanot is offered every year on Yom HaKippurim, serving as an annual rededication of the Mishkan, an annual revisitation of Yom Hashmini to both receive atonement for their sins and start the year anew with the re-revelation of Hashem in their midst. Even though the primary parallel to Yom Hashmini is clearly Yom HaKippurim, there is an additional karban shlamim offered on Yom Hashmini that does not find a parallel on Yom HaKippur, both because a karban shlamim has to be eaten and on Yom HaKippurim we are not allowed to eat. However, we do find a parallel to this karban on Shavuot, which just so happens to be the only holiday when Bnei Israel offer a karban shlamim in a collective manner as a karban sibur. The first time Bnei Yisrael offered a shlamim was at Mamad Harsinai. As the Mishkan was to perpetuate that experience, we find a karban shlamim offered at the inaugural ceremony of the Mishkan on Yom Hashmini. To remember that event, we offer a special karban shlamim every year, also on Shavuot, commemorating Mamad Harsinai. It is not by chance that this korban, like the korbanot of Yom Hashmini, is offered at the completion of seven cycles of seven days, just like Shabbat Yemei Hamidwim. Now that we understand the significance of the eighth day following seven days of inauguration, we're going to attempt to figure out the date of this day eight. If the first seven days were meant to activate the Mishkan, and day eight comes to atone for the final sins of Am Yisrael following Chet Egel and enabling the Hashra'at Hashchina, the revelation of God, then when was this day? When is the day of Hakamat HaMishkan that we found mentioned already at the end of Sefer Shemot, which provided for the manifestation of the glory of God. At the conclusion of Sefer Shemot, we're told, And as Moshe continues to fulfill the commandments of Hashem, a few psukim later, We hear that Moshe assembles the Mishkan on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and immediately thereafter, Vayichal Moshe Tamlecha, he completes the assembly, Vayichasanan at Ol Moed, Uchvod Hashem Aleyat HaMishkan. On Rosh Chodesh Nisan, not only was the Mishkan constructed by Moshe, but on that very day, there was a manifestation of the glory of Hashem. The juxtaposition of these two events is corroborated once again in Sefer Bamidbar, where we hear, Uviyom Hakim et HaMishkan, Chisanan et HaMishkan la'oel ha'idut, Uba'erev yeal HaMishkan kemarei eish ad boger. But if on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Moshe constructed the Mishkan, followed by the manifestation of the Shekhinah, then when did the Shabbat Yemei HaMiluim take place, followed by Yom Hashmini, wherein we're told that there will be a manifestation of the Shekhinah. Apparently, the Shabbat Yemei HaMiluim begin on the very same day that Moshe assembles the Mishkan, as Hashem tells him on that day to take the Kohanim and consecrate them. That is the same day wherein the Shekhinah appears in the form of an Anan in the Mishkan and continues for the next seven days, the first seven days of Chodesh Nisan. In other words, Yom Hashmini, which follows the Shabbat Yomei HaMiluim, was Chet Nisan, the date of this past Shabbat. This is the date that we hear about in Vayikra Perek Tet Pasuk Dalid, Ki Hayom Hashem Nera Alichem. For the past seven days, the glory of God was manifest only in the Ol Moed. On day eight, Kvod Hashem will appear to the entire people. As we'll read in just a few pasukim, The glory of God not only returned to the Mishkan, the Mini Harsinai, 
But this time, Am Yisrael re-experienced as we discussed on Yom Hashmini, the re-revelation of the Shekhinah as if they were standing by Har Sinai. So what happened between Rosh Chodesh Nisan and Chet Nisan? On Aleph Nisan, the Mishkan became sanctified through the covering of the Anan, cloud of glory of God in the Mishkan, as Hashem continued to speak to Moshe from O Moed between the Kruvim. On Aleph Nisan, the Mishkan became a Mishkan of Hitgalut, of revelation, but a Mishkan that was only connected to Moshe, through which he could hear and serve as an intermediary for the Word of God. But on Chet Nisan, the Mishkan was transformed into a Mishkan of Avudah, into a dynamic place, an O Moed, wherein Aharon the Kohen together with his sons, would represent Am Yisrael and begin the constant and consistent worshipping of Hashem through Korbanot. If on Aleph Nisan, Hashem met Moshe through the Mishkan, then on Chet Nisan, Am Yisrael meet Hashem, represented by the Kohanim who will bring their Korbanot. That is why the depiction of their respective revelations are quite different one from the other. On Aleph Nisan, Hanan et Ol Moed, Uchvot Hashem Aleyat HaMishkan, the place of the manifestation of God is exclusive to the Mishkan, whereas on Chet Nisan, the manifestation of God will be connected to the Mizbeach, which stands in the Chatzar of the Mishkan, the center of the courtyard, where Am Yisrael approached to worship Hashem directly through their Karbanot. On Aleph Nisan, the Shechina appeared in the form of a cloud of glory atop of the Mishkan, just as it had appeared by Har Sinai. In both cases, this represents the dibur, the speech of God, to Moshe, who has to wait for Hashem to call out to him with the term Vayikra prior to his entering this cloud. On Chet Nisan, the manifestation of the Shekhinah is in the form of fire that consumes the korbanot upon the Mizbeach, expressing not only the appeasement of Hashem after Chet but also the two-sided agreement, the brit that takes place immediately after Mamat Har Sinai, wherein Am Yisrael bring their korbanot to Hashem, as they say, Na'asev and Nishma. Lastly, the experience of revelation on Aleph Nisan was exclusive to Moshe. We don't hear of any reaction of the people because apparently they're not present. We began this week's Parsha, Parsha Shmini, on Chet Nisan, wherein Moshe is told to gather the elders of Am Yisrael and all the people of Am Yisrael to witness the manifestation of God in the form of fire on the outward Mizbeach, the Mizbeach HaChitzon, and the consumption of the Ola and the Chalavim that is going to be a public experience with the anticipation of a response of Am Yisrael, which in fact is found Vayaronu Vayiplu Alpnehem. This order and process is necessary to teach us that the Kuhuna of Aaron, the representative of Am Yisrael in the Mishkan, stems from the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu as the messenger who receives the word of God from the Mishkan. And therefore, the seven days of Meluim, through which Aaron and his children will be consecrated as Kohanim to Hashem, require that Moshe serves as the Kohen. And only through the power of Moshe as a Shaliach of Hashem May Aaron and his children serve as an extension of the Shlichut. The seven days of Meluim, then, are not merely a training ground for Aaron and his children, but rather serve as an essential bridge between Aleph Nisan, the day that Moshe served as the sole Kohen, to establish the Mishkan as a place of revelation, till Chet Nisan, wherein Aaron and his children take over to establish the Mishkan as a place of a relationship with Hashem, as a Mishkan of Avudah. And therefore, throughout the seven days, the Kuhuna is transferred from the Shaliach of Hashem, from Moshe, to Aaron and his sons, the Shlichim of Bnei Yisrael.
The correlation of Yom Hashmini with Chet Nisan is the opinion espoused by many of the Parshanei Habshats of Yemei Habinayim, especially Rav Avraham Ibn Ezra. But this is in contrast with the majority of opinions in Midrashi Chazal, espoused by Rashi and other medieval Parshanim, who explain that Shabbat Yemei Hamiluim appears in fact out of order in Mukdamu Mulchar Torah, the Shabbat Yemei preceded Yom Hashmini, which is Rosh Chodesh Nisan. In other words, the Shabbat Yemei HaMiluim actually began on Chavkimol Adar, and Yom Hashmini is Yom Hakim Hashem et HaMishkan, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. The fundamental question that we have here is how could it be that Shabbat Yemei HaMiluim, which require work within the Mishkan and require the Kohanim not to leave the confines of the Mishkan, how could that be before there is an established Mishkan? Rashi explains, quoting Chazal, that for the first seven days, Moshe assembled and then disassembled the Mishkan. It was only a permanent structure, or a somewhat permanent structure, beginning Yom Hashmini, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. According to this opinion, there weren't two separate revelations, one within the Mishkan and one manifest to all of Am Yisrael, but rather they occurred at the same time. Simultaneously with Moshe placing the Kelim in their respective somewhat permanent places in the Mishkan, Aaron and his children are offering the Karbanot of the eighth day. At the same time that Moshe experiences the glory of God over the Mishkan, that is when he tells all of Am Yisrael that through the Karbanot of the Kohanim on Yom Hashmini, they will all merit the manifestation of God. The motivation behind this pirush seems to stem from the significance of the date Rosh Chodesh Nisan. For we know that Rosh Chodesh Nisan is the birth date of Am Yisrael. Apparently, it must be a significant date for the future as well. Not only for the initial glory of God, but for the re-revelation of the Shekhinah that all of Am Yisrael experience. If this takes place on Yom Hashmini Rosh Chodesh Nisan, then the seven days of Miluim must have preceded and have started on Chavgimel Adar. We will continue to explore this dispute with regard to the sequence of the events over the course of the next few shirim, continuing throughout the end of Sefer Vayikra and even Sefer Bamidbar. In the meantime, we've noted the significance of day number eight, following seven days of preparation, seven days that remind us of the initial unit of creation, man's aspiration for significance in this world. And this has all climaxed on Yom Hashmini, on the day wherein Aaron takes over after seven days of training to service the Kohen, achieving atonement, but also allowing for the perpetuation of the revelation of the Shekhinah. So after being told by Moshe, If you follow the order of these sacrifices on your behalf and on behalf of Am Yisrael to serve as kapara, as atonement, but also as a means of reliving Ma'amad Harsinai, then you will in fact merit the re-revelation of the Shekhinah. So we're anticipating after 21 psukim, after hearing of all the sacrifices of Aaron and his sons, the immediate revelation of the Shekhinah. So stay tuned for tomorrow for the aftermath of these events.